0: Shotgun snap, quick throw, All caught right, by Green, it, it, it is a yeah, touchdown, yeah. Adriel, Jeremiah Green. You don't live in Cleveland, you
1: live in Cincinnati. Hello and welcome to episode 82 of Cincinnati, the Bengals UK podcast that is Cock-A-Hoop. Copper soup, brimming with optimism and not a dry, repetitive cough in sight. Yes, that's right. We're giddy, giddy after this uh, draft weekend. Uh, thank you for listening to our mini-natters if you did. They're still available on uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify and Stitcher and SoundCloud. If you want to listen to me and my partner in crime, Nathan Palmer, chat nonsense about the draft. There's also Andrew Dockerel and Liam Corlett.
2: Uh, we're still on cloud line Nathan aren't we yeah what an incredible weekend I mean a really um, a long weekend and a very exciting one uh, I think all Bengal fans out there um, however pessimistic they might be are going to be pretty excited and pretty happy about now
1: yes absolutely so much so I'm not entirely what we're sure we're going to talk about tonight what any ideas because we've done three in a row and I don't know how the locked on lads
2: do it I mean this is becoming a daily occurrence I know. I've been, this is, I've been hearing you every day, son, for the last four or five <laughs> days. I've had you in my ear, uh, not only for the podcast, but talking strategy and uh, watch parties and everything else. So what a what a mad week.
1: Yes, and as Brian Potter from Phoenix Nights used to say, I've been coming in your ear for the past three days, haven't I, Nathan? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm
2: not really sure how to Shall we, we move on from that?
1: American uh, listeners would think, what the heck are the disgusting British people talking about. Go and watch Phoenix Knights and you'll find out. Um, OK, yeah, serious question. What are we going to talk about? Do you want to talk about Joe Burrow? What do you want to talk about? I've never heard of him. <laughs> what, what, who, what, who, what do you want to talk about him for?
2: Well, I mean, just... Extraordinary, isn't it, really? Like, you know, the amount of excitement and the amount of um anticipation I think all of us have got now. I think it's going to be a really, really long off season. I think, like, you know, when there's that gap between the end of the season in and January, and you've got the playoffs and the super bowl, and then quite quickly, you know, people are talking about the draft, and then yeah. the combine, and the senior bowl, and then the draft itself. You know, the calendar's actually been quite full, but. With the amount of excitement that Bengals fans have got at the moment, you know, mainly surrounding Joe Burrow, but also the free agents and other guys we've picked up, like T. Higgins and uh, the linebackers and everything else, I think it's going to be a really, a really bloody long wait. Um, yeah, absolutely. And
1: I think and uh, T. Higgins today was uh, confirmed. I think I think he, he put out a tweet that he was going to get that number eighty five jersey. Um, when was the last number nine to eighty-five combination that you can remember in a Bengals
2: situation, Nathan? As when I became a fan, my son, um, Carson Palmer to Chad Ochocinco or Chad Johnson. What a combo that was back in, back in the back in the O's. Well, wouldn't it
1: be great if we could get one of those on the podcast in this episode? Wouldn't it? That would be, be fairly good, wouldn't it? It would. Well, as luck would have it, a little bit later, in a matter of minutes, we'll be uh, talking to Carson Palmer on the line from wherever he is in the in the America, um,
2: which is pretty amazing, isn't it? Outrageous, yeah. I mean, it, I think a lot of Bengals fans in the UK grew up, um, sort of, you know, started their fandom back in the O's, and a lot of the guys... Uh, that we first met up with like um you know Simon Hunter Michael Smith and everyone like that you know grew up in the Carson Palmer era and uh, to get him on the podcast talk about the old days and you know everything that happened back then some really positive and successful times is going to be going to be a crazy experience my son
1: exactly um so Carson will be coming up a little bit later and i think that's a big one for for UK fans uh, especially um but his number nine heir apparent, Joe Burrow, I agree with you. It is exciting. Um, I I wonder what's going to happen to Andy Dalton in the last... I still don't think you can talk about Joe Burrow without talking about Andy Dalton at this moment yeah, in time, I, if yeah. that makes sense. you know. I know it's all exciting, but I'll be very interested to see what happens with Dalton. Um, in the coming days and weeks you know um, I wonder whether they are going to let him go or they're going to find a way
2: to retain him I, I think if Andy Orton lands on a competitive team next year like if he somehow ends up with the Patriots or you know a quarterback gets injured and he comes in and takes over I think that he is low key really really pissed off I mean any professional athlete especially a quarterback are they're incredibly competitive people and you know Dalton throughout his high school and college career was a successful player he won a lot of games you know he was incredible at TCU Um, I believe they won the Rose Bowl when he was there which was fantastic for them Um, and then when he came to Cincinnati he just brought that winning culture with him and for years you know the Bengals were very very competitive and I think for him you know the fall from grace in the last couple of years and then to be completely sort of taken out mid-season in favour of Ryan Finley, which was a bit of a slap in the face to him on his birthday, and then to have, you know, the euphoria of Joe Burrow and people wanting to lose games down the stretch so they could get him. You know, the new kid on the block comes in, all shiny new toy, all these Bengals fans are, you know, extremely excited and completely casting him aside in many ways um, and talking about him in the past tense. If I'm Andy Dalton, be it in Cincinnati or be it, you know, wherever he ends up, I wouldn't fan- I think he's gonna have something pretty serious to prove and I wouldn't mind betting betting you that he does it. I think he's still got something in the tank. He's still you know, he's got a few years left in him at a high level. And I like I said, I you know, I think he's got something pretty, pretty serious to prove.
1: Uh yeah, I agree, I agree. And good luck to him, you know. Oh, absolutely. Um, I wish him the best. Mm, absolutely. But but we have to talk about Joe Burrow because he came across extraordinarily well in um in the the press conferences that he i don't know if you watch any of the video conferences but yeah he's just eager to get to work and he's kind of keen to get going and yeah he comes across as a very impressive young man
2: yeah absolutely and you know you can get good quarterbacks out there that have got the intangibles they've got the accuracy they've got the arm the whatever else but Sometimes, you know, that those traits, the leadership qualities, the work ethic, the high character, they're the things and the traits that dif- like, are the difference maker between an average quarterback and an elite one. And I think, you know, that's something you can't teach. You know, it's a lot of people just have it. And I think from everything I've seen from Joe Burrow, he's one of those guys. People gravitate towards him. He gets the best out of people. He energizes people. And I think... I think he's an excellent person to bring into the locker room. And I think Zach Taylor, again, another guy that people seem to sort of gravitate towards, you know, very well liked by the players and people within the organisation. So, you know, if the Bengals can get it right, I think they've got a, you know, a really good team and, um, you know, some really high-quality character guys in that locker room.
1: Yeah, that, that seemed to be uh, the real theme of the weekend, really. You know, Zach and the club and Duke Tobin drafting really high-character guys, either sons of coaches or team captains or whatever they might be, you know. And, yeah, I'm still sort of, you know, you tend to read the... Even after a long weekend like that, you know, you do tend to read uh, the, the national press, see what the grades are. And overall, I think the grades for our 2020 draft class were overwhelmingly positive. You know, A's and B's... I think Evan Silver was the only one to sort of give us a C which is no surprise because it's Evan Silver. Um so I, now that dust has settled are you are you as happy about it than you were over during the weekend?
2: Yeah, I'm I'm very pleased with it. I think if you look across the board at, I mean I was looking at some other websites and their grades for a lot of teams. A lot of teams have got some positive grades and yeah, I think Yeah, I, I saw that, yeah. You know, there's not many drafts out there where people are saying, you know, E's and F's and like, you know, even Mm. D's knocking around. So I think there's a lot of good players in this draft. I think it's a really talented draft. I think a lot of people have been eagerly anticipating it with everything Mm. that's going on. Yeah. Uh, um, I think we've done well. I mean, you know, you've drafted the future of your franchise in Joe Burrow and there's, there's still a chance that Joe Burrow might not be a good player. But by all accounts, I don't think the Bengals could have got themselves you know, a safer prospect at that position in the last five to 10 years. So there's everything to be excited about. I mean, even if every other player in that draft, like I said, the other day doesn't pan out. You've got what you needed from this draft. If Joe Burrow turns out to be the player we think he is. So, I'm very, very excited. You know, we, we stood firm. We took the pick. We, we didn't need to make it more complicated and start trading around or anything like that. Mm. We seem like we've got some good value players that other people, you know, really that were well liked in the later rounds, like Keen davis Gaither, Logan yeah. Wilson, uh, Marcus Bailey, you know, to really shore up a position of need. My only, my only concern, like I've said in the last couple of mini-natters and episodes, is the offensive line, as we've talked about. But other than that, I think you've got to be giving it a B plus, A minus... Um, type grade for, yeah. for the players we picked up.
1: We do have a question coming from uh, uh, one of our lovely listeners uh, later on um, uh, about other teams' drafts and where we see our draft, uh, you know, in comparison. So we'll we'll have a look at that. And but certainly, I think that B plus A minus grade is is a fair um, fair grading. I think uh, for the draft. You know, as I say the linebacker room has been transformed and you know that uh, you'd hope at least one of those guys sticks and becomes a really good quality starter for us you know uh you would hope that t higgins will make some sort of impact in his rookie year and then going forward who knows he could be depending on the contract situation to aj green could be his long term Replacement, so I think it was wise with the talent available up in that uh, second, third round for wide receivers and the depth of that position. I thought it was a wise move and an exciting move. Um,
0: yeah, And absolutely. then
1: uh, you know the offensive line, we've got Hakeem Adeniji, probably a depth piece. He's quite a versatile guy, ball accounts, and of course that is the only uh, slight question mark about this draft. I think. Um, Although we do have a couple of listeners, uh, listeners coming up who have bigger question marks
2: about the draft. Um, but so I've got a okay. question for you.
1: You can Fire away, Nathan.
2: This, you know, I've got a go question. I will, you yeah. know, I've, uh, normally you do the question asking on this podcast, on. but I would like to sort of you know surprise you now again. With <laughs> go the on. So, and this is a, this is an interesting question, right? That I don't think is being asked at the moment because everyone's feeling very positive. But yeah. you know, we're here to ask the questions. Do you think? Low-key that based on the last couple of drafts that we've had, that Duke Tobin is under pressure if this draft doesn't work. Because by all accounts, everyone is normally quite positive after a draft. There's always good videos of people coming out online, highlight videos, people that you know you have got higher grades on them by certain media analysts that, you know, shows that you've got value. But if you look back at the last couple of our drafts, you know, you go back and look, we haven't had a Pro Bowl player from a draft and since 2013, mm. which was Tyler Eifert. 2014 and 15, there's not one player that we drafted that's still on this roster. 2016, you've got William Jackson, who's been fairly solid, and Tyler Boyd. They're the only two players on the roster. You 2006-17, know. top 10 pick, he took John Ross. Jury's very much still out on that. Joe Mixon was a good pickup. Um, and then you've got Lawson and Glasgow, who, you know, Glasgow still not really lived up to his potential. Lawson, similar, even though he's got all the talent. Um, and then more recently, Sam Hubbard, Jesse Bates and Alden Tate in 2018, but missed out on Billy Price in the first round pick. And then in the last draft, obviously, you know, apart from Jermaine Pratt, Everyone in that list, you know, obviously Jonah Williams was injured, but there's no one that stood out there. And you look at some of the names in last year's draft. I mean, have you ever heard of Deshaun Davis, our yes. sixth round pick from last year? Well,
1: he didn't quite make it, did it? Did he, no. dear old Deshaun? Dear, dear old Dee as I like to call him. Um,
2: does that concern you at all? <laughs> you know, you're looking back at that and you're thinking that, obviously we're all pleased with the draft we've just had. But you look back at those last ones and I I don't there's quite a few misses there, especially in the first round, you know, for some due to injuries and whatever else. But do you think the pressure's on Juke Tobin a bit?
1: I think the pressure's always on Juke Tobin, really, because he has become over the past three, four years the de facto general manager. He's the one answering questions on podiums at combines and things like that. Um and, you know, four, five, six years ago he was well, a bit longer than that. He was rightly lauded for constructing a you know Absolutely. constructing a team that was was a challenger, let's face it. They they had a good shot at going quite deep into the playoffs in twenty fifteen. Yeah. Um, and then there were two or three disastrous drafts and for a team that was very much a draft and developed team, that margin for error is so fine. If you don't hit in the draft, then you're in trouble. And we didn't hit in the draft, as you rightly said, apart from a few players here and there, um, for a good two, three years. And um so that I mean the pressure was building, but to be honest with you, I think I think Duke is so much part of the fabric there. That shouldn't guarantee job security, but I think he's he's a really trusted guy within that organisation. He obviously gets on well with uh Mike and Katie and Troy um, and you know he obviously gets somewhere with Zach um, he's got a good relations with Zach so yeah of course he's under pressure Um, because I think this is a big you know a big draft for the Bengals they've completely gutted the roster I was looking at it over the weekend it's like they've done some serious surgery on this roster yeah, and it's absolutely. not like one or two players we're talking a dozen or so yeah. players from free agency and now the draft that's pretty major uh, surgery, you know. That's that's uh, staying in hospital for a week. Do you know what I mean? That's that's like catheter in. Catheter. Oh my god! Catheter <laughs> in the commode by the side. You know, <laughs> it's it's your auntie auntie Brenda bringing in b- bunches of grapes and a bottle of Lucasade. It's the full works, and um, and I think they needed to do it because they knew that the, you know they. They knew that they weren't going anywhere. They knew that they were copping a load of flak. They knew that they were going to draft a new franchise quarterback, who obviously isn't shy potentially as opening well isn't shy at expressing his desire to win. Um, so I think they need you know they needed to do they needed to be aggressive and they were. It's amazing, really, but they were. It's great and it's very exciting for the fans as well. So yeah, I think he is under pressure, but I think. You know, I think Zach was asked this by Paul Dana Jr. in, in one of his Zoom press conferences. You know, um, you know, does, does Zach now feel the pressure? Surely the pressure is now, with all these pieces in place, surely now Zach feels that pressure. And um, and he was great. He just said, "Look, I'm in it. This is what I'm in it for. You know, if if I didn't feel pressure, then what am I even doing here? You know." Um, so I think, of course, they they must feel the pressure in terms of fans I think you're right I think Tobin did need a good draft um, and let's hope uh, this one was I mean it certainly looks like it on paper
2: yeah absolutely I think I think it was well for Duke Tobin like you know, the, the free agency the Bengals have put in this year, they've spent a lot of money and they've not done that for a long, long time. And I think in the past, you know, you think about Bengals free agency and you think about, you know, some misses on the guys we've talked about in the past, like Antoine Odom, Sam Adams, Antonio Bryan, you know, pretend, sort, sort of Terrell Owens, or sort of perhaps not what we expected. But this is a big, big season for the Bengals, both from the draft and obviously in free agency. They've gone and laid out some big money uh, for some guys that are projected to be starters. So. It, I think, by all accounts, it's probably the most the Bengals, as you were talking about that surgical procedure, the most they've put into a roster financially, uh, in terms of you know new players, cutting off some dead wood um, that we've seen in nearly twenty years or more. So, very, very, very interesting time to be a Bengals fan.
1: Absolutely, and uh, it's, it's important to remember that it's always been an interesting time to uh, be a Bengals fan. But it's an exciting time to be a Bengals fan. And if we rewind back to 2005, 2000, well, 2003, we had another number one pick in the draft. It was Carson Palmer. And now it's it's time for our very special guest. It's former Heisman Trophy winner, former number one overall pick in the NFL Draft, three-time Pro Bowl quarterback twice with the Bengals, NFL passing touchdown leader in 2005, And the man who spearheaded one of the most exciting teams in bengals history and the reason why so many bengals fans in the uk became a bengals fan it's carson palmer carson hello oh how are you going good how are you doing how are you and your family doing in lockdown
0: we're doing good we're doing good i've I've got four young ones so we're in the middle of zoom meetings and, and all kinds of homeschooling and and uh just Keeping ourselves, trying to stay safe, and trying to wait this thing out and get to the other end of it, and uh, we're we're hanging in
1: there. Good, good. That's good to hear. Uh, I'm interested, actually. If you, if, if if we were to rewind back to 2003, I think one of the pleasures of this weekend's draft was seeing lots of players' houses, and Bill Belichick has his dog, and there are kids running around. What would we, what would we have seen in uh, Carson Palmer household this weekend?
0: Well now currently, yeah, kind of the same thing. Um, I had a chance to watch most of the, the first rounds, uh, the first half of it at least, with, you know, getting peppered with questions from my 11 year old. Now, what, what was it like for you and who was doing this, you know, and, and trying to watch, trying to listen and trying to also answer questions. Um, but it was, it was the same deal. Kids everywhere, lots of noises um, and and it was a really cool experiment um, with, with this virtual draft. I think it went over really well from a fan standpoint, which which is now the hat I wear. I'm a, I'm a fan, so having a chance to watch it and sit back, I, I enjoyed it, I think, like the rest of the world did.
1: Mm, absolutely. Um, now, obviously, you've been seen more frequently, well obviously, before the lockdown on chat shows and radio shows, and you've been quite outspoken. So I, I guess what Bengals fans really want to know is... How did you really feel when you saw Beyonce wear a Carson Palmer number nine jersey?
0: Hey, I was I was honored. My uh, my daughters (laughs) love are in the beehive. My wife loves she she's in the beehive. So uh, obviously, anytime Beyonce or Jay Z wear a jersey, it's it's a special occasion. I I I don't know if I'll... I'll ever come down from that high that was pretty exciting seeing her wear that jersey
1: <laughs> okay let's get back to serious business um uh obviously uh, joe burrow taking the number nine jersey now and everyone's he's the name on every bengals fan's lips and uh he he looks like the real deal as a former fantastic quarterback yourself what are you seeing in Joe Burrow? What are the traits that made him number one pick? What can Bengals fans look forward to with him, do you think?
0: Well, I, I think the first thing that, that um, you can't see on film, that when you have a chance to spend time with them and, and be around them, and, and my younger brother Jordan who also played in Cincinnati, mm. is, or was his, uh, his personal QB coach. So really spent a ton of time with him before the draft combine, before all of his, uh, his meetings, before his personal workouts, and um, the one thing you don't realize um, until you you, know, you you get around him and spend time with him is just how mature he is. I mean, for a kid just coming out of college, he is ready to step into the NFL. There's not going to be a grace period because he's young and, and might make a couple of mistakes or make some bad decisions. Um, he is very mature. He's beyond his years. He's very professional. Um, and he's very focused you know he. Mm. sometimes you get these guys that are coming out in the draft and you know they've got you know a little side business they're working on here a business they're working on there and they got photo shoots here and commercials you know Joe's not distracted Joe is very serious he's very in tune to being a, a, a professional quarterback first and I think that's one thing that kind of bites guys in the butt so to speak is they go outside to go to the NFL and then they want to start you know a, a record company or right, um yeah. You know, they have all these different business ventures and interests. And those are just distractions, really. I think it's so important for a young player to establish themselves in the league first and and be a great player on the field first. And then opportunities will come your way and different uh, business ventures will come your way. But it's so important just to be focused and, and become a great player, not just a high draft pick. And Joe is very determined to become a great player and a star in this league.
1: So, what did Jordan tell you? I mean, were you in touch with him throughout the process? Uh, we're not asking for any inside secrets, but I guess, I guess, you know, if if you spoke to Jordan, he must have been raving about him, right?
0: Loved him. I mean, yeah, he, he's uh he's had the opportunity now to work with you know top five picks at the quarterback position every year for the last four or five years. So, you know, he's had you know, um, you know. Deshaun Watson and Josh Allen and, and, and you can go on and on different different guys that are high draft picks and um, you know like I said earlier he just he raved about his maturity he raved about his intelligence as they were going over stuff on the you know on the chalkboard and watching film and studying protections and studying game plans and all that yeah he just picked it up extremely fast probably faster than anybody he's worked with.
1: Um, well, we've seen comparisons to everyone from Tom Brady to Tony Romo, Drew Brees, the whole lot. Uh when you watch him, who springs to mind?
0: You know, I, I really don't watch guys in, in that fashion. Um and trying to, you know, fit them in a certain box. Yeah. Um you know, Joe Joe's, Joe's his own quarterback. I mean he he's, he doesn't have um you know the the Aaron Rodgers arm strength, um, but he's got some similar athletic ability and, and running ability. Mm. Um, you know he moves well in the pocket like Brady, and is really really natural with his eyes downfield, avoiding contact and avoiding sacks in the pocket. Um, but as far as saying he is X or he is Y or he is Z, I, I really don't look at really any any player that way. Mm. Um, you know, I just I try to look at, at their strengths and their weaknesses and. Make it, you know, try to make an educated decision on whether they could be a successful player or not. Um, I really, really don't want to put him in a box, or I really don't watch him and go, "Man, he reminds me so much of so and so." Yeah, yeah. Um, he's Joe Burrow, and and that's what these young guys want. I, I was in the same boat. You don't want to be, oh, he's the next. You know, he he looks like Troy Aikman, or he looks like you know wh- whoever it is you're compared to. You want to be your own guy, and and Joe is very unique and and very different. Um, and and I think. You know, you, you really got to be careful when you start saying somebody is going to be this player or that player. I, I think I think Joe's going to be a heck of a player and, and, you know, the type of player that one day, you know, a decade or so away, maybe, maybe you know, uh, media guys or GMs or head coaches group him, at, you know, players coming out into the box of, well, he looks a lot like Joe Burrow. He plays right. a lot like Joe Burrow. So he's really trying to create an identity for himself. Yeah, yeah.
1: And would that be? I was going to ask you. I mean, you you you've been in this position. You've been through all the hype of the the, the draft and the the expectation. Uh, what what kind of advice would you give to him? Would it be that just be yourself, basically?
0: Yeah, it's obviously extremely important to be yourself. Um, but really, just to put your head down and work. You know, there, there's so much that needs to get done. There's so many things he needs to learn. There's so many reps he needs to get and physically on the practice field um, I, you know I think the most important thing for guys is just to gobble up every rep gobble up every opportunity you have to sit with the offensive coordinator the head coach and learn um, gobble up every rep that you can bring young guys these, these, you know bring T. Higgins in a room just taking advantage of the opportunity to learn and improve mm. and kind of like we were talking about earlier really, just not getting distracted by all of the different traps out there just focus on football
1: mm. I'm going to bring in Nathan now because I think he's got a bone to pick
2: with you, Carson. Um, thank you again for so much for coming on. Uh, and I've got to tell you a story. Um, I became a Bengals fan in 2004, um, which was your first season as starting for the Bengals. Um, You're my favorite player. I was really, really excited. Uh, we share the same surname, and you were being touted as one of the you know the leading players to come into the league. And back in 2004. I sent you a letter. I remember writing it out, a handwritten letter. I addressed it to Paul Brown stadium. I went to the post office. I franked it. I got all these fancy international stamps on it, and I was telling you, you're my favorite player, and if you ever came to London, uh, me and my friends would love to throw the ball around with you. And I sent it um, all the way to Cincinnati, and I waited and waited and waited, um, and I never got a response. So I just want to know, like, how could you do that to me, Carson?
0: Nathan, I am truly, truly sorry. Uh, Unfortunately, you know, playing in the NFL, you get reached out to a lot, and and you try to, especially the kids, especially when you can tell handwriting is from like a 5th or 6th or 7th grader. um, I always try to knock those out first and respond to to those first. Some of the adult, uh, more mature handwriting, uh, you know, you, you only have so much time, but I uh, Nathan, if you write me again, I, I will respond, but I apologize for that.
2: <laughs> I've been waiting uh, 16 years for that, Carlos, so thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> you're
0: welcome, you're welcome.
2: Um, Just moving on now, obviously, you know, you had an incredible time with the Bengals. um, And I remember watching, you know, back in the uh, 2005 and 2009 seasons in particular, some incredible games back then. um, Some that stand out with the, you know, the Baltimore and Pittsburgh wins with your passes to Andre Caldwell, um, 2009 against the Bears. I remember you had a big day, but were there any, like, what what games to you stand out um, from your times in Cincinnati as, um, you know, your favorite memories?
0: Well, one of the, the first great memories I had was, um, I think it was 2004, um, we went to Baltimore kind of mid-point mid in the year, probably around the, in November-ish. But back then, Baltimore, I mean, Baltimore was for real. I mean, they were nasty and faulty on defense. They had Jamal Lewis running the football. Um, a lot of really good players, but they were always, you know, the kind of the the pinnacle or, or the, the gold standard them in Pittsburgh um, just great organization great team really really good players and we had you know we were kind of written off um, you know we went into Baltimore they were obviously at home that Baltimore is one of my fun, you know it's one of the best places to play it's, it's like a college atmosphere they have a band you know the band's playing all game long it's such a cool stadium it's such a great um, great atmosphere with their fans are extremely intense and nobody had given us a shot, we weren't supposed to even go in there and score um, and we were down quite a few scores in the fourth quarter and we rattled off I think like 24 unanswered points to win it with a, a chip shot field goal at the end and kind of and just, I, I remember walking off the field and you could just sense it, the whole stadium was stunned, no, nobody left everybody was still sitting in their seats we were partying and celebrating on the field Baltimore had, had walked the team had walked in the locker room and as we were walking off the field I remember just we were walking off the field, and, and it's like everybody in the stadium was just shocked. They could not believe that, like, uh-oh, the Bengals are kind of good. We better watch out for this young team. And and we had, you know, I think really just surprised them. And it was just pitch quiet. You could hear a pin drop. Nobody left the stadium. Fans just sat there in awe. They couldn't believe what had just happened to their, you know, their vaulted defense that, that had so much success and had so many Hall of Famers. I mean, Ed Reed and, you know. We can go on and on down the list, Ray Lewis and, and on. And um, that was kind of our moment where we walked off the field like, man, this that felt really, really good. And we are good enough to play with play with the big boys. So that was um, probably my first real memory uh, that I really remember, um, you know, my, our first great, great game and, and big road win in, in Cincinnati.
2: Absolutely. And you obviously, you know, Looking back on the teams you've played in um, throughout the years, you played with some incredible characters and incredible players. Obviously, Chad and uh, T- Terrell Owens, Chris Henry, T.J. Hushman, Zada, uh, Andrew Whitworth. You know, some real greats um, that played for the Bengals throughout those years. W- what are your memories of those players, and have you got any stories from the locker room that you want to share with us?
0: Yeah, it was a it was a wild group. Um, we, had, we had some troublemakers. We had some guys that. Um, that like to have a good time. Um, it, it was just it was just a fun time. And we had Chad, who, who was always doing something silly for attention and, and, and gaining attention. Um, but I thought one of the, the the funniest things I've ever experienced personally in a locker room was I, I had come in the locker room and everybody was kind of standing around Chad's locker. And I, I walked over to kind of see what was going on. And, Chad had sent the. we were getting ready to go to Cleveland, and Chad had sent the entire secondary um, boxes of Pepto Bismol, you know, to, to cure to cure their stomach problems for having to worry about our, our offense and having to stop Chad. And they were they were pissed. They were sending stuff. They were sending messages through the media back to Chad. Um, and and sure enough, we went in and, and took care of business and and stuck up for Chad. And, even though he put his neck on the line and, and did something um, outlandish like that, we knew we had to go in, and that's, that's the kind of crew we had back then. You know, our guy Chad was our guy. Everybody loved Chad, and he, you know, he he stuck his neck out there, and, and we went in there and, and into Cleveland and backed him up, and got out of there with the win. And he had a big game, a bunch of catches, touchdowns, yards, all that. Um, but there was always, with, with Chad especially, there was always something. He was always kind of poking the bear, uh, so to speak. Uh, No matter who we were, whether it was Ray Lewis or Troy Paul Mahler in Pittsburgh or or the whole Cleveland secondary, um, he was always poking the bear and and having fun.
2: Carson, we've got to talk about um, the 2005 season. Um, Obviously, you know, so much talent on that team then. And I remember that playoff game against Pittsburgh, um, the first pass of the game down the sideline to Chris Henry. Um, I remember the the camera panning back to you, um, writhing in pain on the floor and being taken out of the game. And I remember, for me back then, the frustration. Um, there might have even been a few tears because I knew how close we were that season. Um, in that 2005 season, if you haven't, if you hadn't got injured, do you think the Bengals would have gone on and won the Super Bowl that year?
0: Great question. Um, you know, you, it's easy to sit back and say, "Yeah, now." Um, but I just look at, you know. The the, the Steelers beat us, and they went into to Denver and beat Denver. That was the you know John Lynch was the starting free safety. They had Jake Plummer at quarterback. They had a lot of really good players. Uh, and so you know I I look at that year. We I think we could have hung with with Denver in Denver. You know, I I think we could have we could have maybe gone in there and gotten a win. You know and Pittsburgh obviously beat us and knocked us out, but we had handled Pittsburgh really pretty easily um, that year and and felt like we were the better team. And Obviously, then going on and and winning the Super Bowl makes you feel that way now, but, man, there's a lot of people that sit around and go, man, coulda, woulda, shoulda, (laughs) the NFL, NFL, you either do or you don't, and and we, we didn't.
1: I mean we've just had Castle, we we've been hosting watch parties every Sunday just to kinda of give the fans uh you know, something to do, a distraction from all the craziness. And one of the games we had recently was the was that regular season game, the thirty eight thirty one victory up in Pittsburgh. Um which was amazing and you kinda of forget what a great team it was and you had you had really special chemistry with Chad, T J and Chris Henry. Um and they were very, very different personalities, weren't they? Totally,
0: totally. I mean, TJ and Chad have known each other since high school. You know, they went to college together at Oregon State. Were teammates there. Were teammates with the Bengals, so they had a great history together. Um, you know, Chad being from from the South in Florida, TJ being from California on the West Coast, and then Chris Henry being from from New Orleans. Um, you know, we're from opposite ends of you know of our continent over here and and everybody had a completely different background and different childhood and and different things they had to overcome but we all got along really really well i mean tj was so outspoken and a yeller and a screamer and demanding and chad was wild and fun and and all over the place and traumatic and you know all there's there's a lot of um, adjectives describe him obviously and then chris (laughs) henry you know Chris he was just quiet and mellow and chill and you wouldn't know you know if it was a Tuesday midday um, you know he's at home watching a movie or if he was sitting on the bench waiting to go in for the final drive of the game in the fourth quarter down by three points, he was so calm cool and collective at all times yeah and just was so mellow. So each guy was so unique and so different and from such a different background but we all just meshed and and everybody got along great and they laughed at Chad and got annoyed with Chad. And, you know, they, they loved TJ and and knew that TJ would, you know, if they they were in a street fight, TJ would have their back all day, every day. Um, and Chris was just, I mean, Chris by far was the most athletic of the group. He was the fastest. He was the, the, had the biggest catch radius. He had the biggest vertical jump. Um, you know, he was, he was, a future Randy Moss. I mean, he was that mm. kind of athlete. Unbelievable hands. When he first got there, I called him Spider-Man because it's like everything. Wherever you threw it, just stuck to his gloves. It was like he was playing with Gorilla Glue or Super Glue on his gloves. He just, he engulfed the football when it came his way. Mm. Um, so he was, he was probably the most talented player that Andy was really, really smart on the football field. I mean, he understands understand things. In two-minute drills, i like, say, hey, you know, I'd change something up, do this, do this, and he would get right in that exact zone and find that hole, slow his body down, the time to play up perfectly. I mean, he just had such a natural gift on the football field. Um, and you combine that with just raw athleticism mm. and freaky, freaky athleticism. He was, He was a special, special player
1: wow good times see it wasn't all bad in cincinnati then for you really
0: no i mean no it's right i don't know if you guys have ever been there it's an awesome place to oh live. yeah yeah yeah, you yeah. like being outside okay so yeah you know i mean I, I i love being outside i love being in the woods i love fishing i love i just like to be outside so it's it's a phenomenal place to live um if you like to hunt and fish um but as far as the organization i obviously had um we obviously had our differences mm.
2: Nathan? Um, Yeah, Carson, just just to uh, finish things off, um, you know, you've been fantastic. And thank you again so much for coming on. Um, What does the future hold for Carson Palmer? Have you got any aspirations um, to be a coach or, you know, be a broadcaster or anything like that? Or are you happy for now um, living in the great outdoors um, out in Idaho, I believe, uh, where you are?
0: Correct. Yeah, you know, I've I've looked at, um, I've gone down the road of, of broadcasting and looked into it, and, and um, you know, I've done a handful of, um, I've called a handful of games, dry games where it's just you and the network, uh-huh. um, you know, not at a real, real game, obviously. And I've been I've been talking to different buddies and, and people around the college game and, and the NFL about coaching and, and looking into that. And you know, I've got I've, my youngest is four years old, and and I've got. Uh, an eight-year-old and, and twins that are eleven, and um, I, I just—I'm focused on them right now. You know, I just—I I, I love the game. I love uh, the opportunities that, that the game provided for me, and you know, I, I just—I missed out on so much when I was playing, especially with my older two. Um, if I were to get into coaching or, or broadcasting, I would just—I would miss too much of, of what mm-hmm. they have going on, and I just—I'm not willing to do that right now. I—you I, know—I've—I've I've got a vast amount of knowledge. You know, I've been around the game for a long time. I really understand it. I understand the business side of it. Potentially, one day, I could see myself getting into it in some capacity. um, But the right opportunity hasn't hasn't come across my desk, so to speak, um, as of yet. And I'm just I'm enjoying being around my kids, and I'm enjoying uh, I was enjoying you know coaching them and being around their sports and their activities until COVID nineteen hit. And I'm looking forward once we get past this as, as. as a planet and and move on. I'm I'm really looking forward to um to not missing anything anymore and and being um, as involved as I possibly can be in in everything they have going.
1: Well Carson, um you know, we always knew that you're a good guy and I really enjoyed watching I think and obviously Nathan did. He and I you know, I just really loved watching you play for the Bengals and I loved your press conferences with that kind of dry sense of humour. So we wish you the best, you and your family. Hope you stay well and safe and, and Honestly, this means a lot to Bengals fans in the UK. So thank you so much for joining us.
0: Yeah, thank you so much, Carson. Mason, oh, Paul, I, I appreciate the opportunity. And, and if you need me again, you've got my, my contact info. And, and uh, if you need another guest to fill some airtime, let me know. I I, uh, I enjoy talking with you guys.
1: So there we go. Uh, that was Carson Palmer. Uh, not everyone's cup of tea at the moment, but I can tell you now there's a lot of fans in the UK that... Uh, still hold him in the highest regard and i thought he was really interesting nathan
2: yeah it's incredible i mean like i said in the interview you know i grew up watching carson palmer and um it's a real honor to speak to him you know he had some incredible times in cincinnati and i know a lot of fans you know it's it turned a bit sour on him because of the uh you know that controversial exit and stuff but um you know you don't know all the business behind the scenes in sports and what goes on and stuff and obviously you know real shame how it ended but You look back on some quality time, some quality play on the field. Um, I thought that was a really insightful, and interesting interview. So, yeah, a real pleasure to have him on the show.
1: Absolutely. Uh, So thank you to Carson. Uh, We've we wanted him on the show for a long time and uh, what a pleasure it was to talk to him. And uh, what a pleasure it is still to talk to all you guys out there. And thank you for talking to us back. We've had a really busy weekend with the draft and producing videos and podcasts every day. And uh, we're asking you to, to keep going with us. We've got the watch parties every every weekend that's still going on really well. Uh, and also we've got our, our correspondences from you guys. We are on Twitter at underscore UK and Facebook BengalsUK. Uh, so let's get to it, Nathan. We've got loads and I think there might just be a solid handle or two tonight.
2: If there's no solid handles, I quit. It's all over. All right. I'm done. Okay. And you can find yourself a new O's. All
1: right. D- I don't promise things, honestly. <laughs> don't build my hopes up. Uh, <laughs> Andrew Dockerall at Dockers 77. And, of course, Andrew uh, played an integral part of our draft build-up, so a huge thank you to him. All right, lads, couple from me. Firstly, great work this weekend. Number one, one to ten grades in your confidence by position group. One being the worst, ten being... The best. So position groups. Uh, Goodness me, that's a long one. Right, quarterback. I just want a number, that's all. We've got a lot to get through.
2: So 10 being the best, 1 being the worst. Yeah. Yeah, How confident I feel at the position. Yeah. Um, 7.
1: Yeah, same. Running backs. Uh, 7. Same. Uh, Tight ends. Uh, 3. Ooh, I'd say a six. No, I say five maybe. Uh, wide receivers, um, and an eight. I'm going seven because there's still a bit of you know uncertainty there. The offensive line, um, a two and a half. Oh good lord! I'll, I'll go five still. Okay, defense. The defensive line, um, six and a half. Okay, I'm I'm going seven, maybe six. Don't know. Or I could go in between, like a six and a half like you did. Uh, linebackers? Um, five. I'm going six. I like the way that they've addressed the linebackers. So. Uh, and the secondary?
2: Um, seven for me, actually.
1: Oh, yeah, I'll go six and a half again. Um, and special teams? Kickers? Uh, Four. Oh oh God! Never ask Nathan (laughs) to grade our kicking situation. Uh, Number two, uh, percentage chance. These uh, these five last year contract guys are on the roster in twenty twenty one. AJ. Fifty percent. I'll go seven. Okay, I'll go go seventy. John Ross. Twenty five. I'll go fifteen uh joe mixon twenty i'll go i'll go fifty uh william jackson the oh,
2: no thirty uh
1: i'll go fifty and uh randy bulock fifty i don't know 40? I don't know. Anyway, sorry, Andrew, we've got a lot to get through. Those are big in-depth questions that you have down the pub with several alcoholic beverages.
2: That's um, that's a whole podcast right there,
1: Sam. I know, right? Uh, Phil Hatton at Bengal Blue Boy. Really good draft. Fully support uh, reloading the linebacker room. I'm OK with Bobby Hart at right tackle. Uh, five years right tackle starting NFL experience and still only 25. Supplant so him with a first-round pick, maybe, but not a Josh Jones type. Oh well we'll be better this year. There you go. Uh very positive from Phil there. Uh La Jungla Hispania at Jungla underscore ES. I think this is Juan, the uh the guy who runs uh, uh Spanish Bengals or the Spanish jungle. First of all so a very big hola to uh Juan. Um first of all we got Borrow who could be once-in-a-lifetime uh, franchise QB. That's perfect. A wide receiver, not a need, but in the second round fits incredible and gives Burrow a present. Uh, rest, Godspeed, versati- rest, good speed, versatility, and power to our new defence. Misses some OL needs, but very solid draft. And he gives it an A. Uh, good stuff, Juan. Take care over there. Um, Sean Whitehead at Whitehead, underscore. Uh, It's a shame they didn't take a Jones in the third, but by the sounds of it, they had targets and were set on Wilson. Uh, Then when it came to the fourth, they went BPA. We will have Jonah back and also five to six bodies for the guard centre who they like and expect first-year players uh, to take a step this season. We have taken three linebackers who all have the quality to do well in this league, plus a franchise QB, And a new wide receiver who could be the heir to the AJ Green throne. This off-season has been very positive. Maybe could have taken an offensive lineman earlier, but I think we can run with this team. Hopefully we get the line building together because they did well uh, the last game of the season against the Browns. We knew it wasn't going to be fixed all in one year, but it's a good start.
2: Yeah, well said, Sean.
1: Uh, Martin Greer at Martin Greer seventy three. Thanks for doing the mini natters. Really enjoyed them. Hope Nathan got off, gets a few solid handles this week. Who day?
2: Hey, we ain't got any yet. I tell you, I'm getting. I'm. I'm my, my heart is pounding. son. stay. Stay
1: calm. Chris Hood at uh, Who Day CP. As I said in a tweet on Friday night, or was it Saturday morning? After seeing the highlights, uh, he's an AJ fan and Bengals fan. Uh, is T Higgins? I'm more excited about him than Burrow. <sighs> Sheffield United know the benefits of having one of their own as players. Well, then. Uh, Nigel Granger at uh, Fleet underscore Risk looks like Zach has a plan and put it into play in free agency and solidified it in the draft. Need a bit more O-line, but I think he used undrafted free agents for that. I'm sold on the team and we look good for the season if and when it starts even had a cheeky bet on a Super Bowl win. Nigel's keen.
2: Outrageous behaviour, that is. Outrageous behaviour. Oh, you got to love that boldness, there. you got to no, love, love that. It. I, love, I love a cheeky bet on the Bengals. One day it's going to pay off big time. Oh, yeah. Keep,
1: yeah. Well... <laughs> you're, <laughs> right. you're right. Sorry, you're I don't know. I went into sighing mode there. <sighs> <laughs> it's
2: like a bit of a sort of half-hearted grunt.
1: <laughs> um. Pick 6 Apparel at Pick 6 Apparel. Try saying that after a few uh, drinks, after a few ribenas. Lots of media around Joe Burrow in the last day or two and how he will win the Bengals their first Super Bowl. Are statements like these expected when you take a QB of his talent with the number one overall pick? Or is this just playing on further unwanted pressure? It's a good question because Pick 6 Apparel not necessarily a Bengals fan, they they run an excellent uh, an apparel store, if you didn't guess from the name. Um, and it is interesting, because expectation is now through the roof. He's won a national championship, he's broken all the records, he's coming into a franchise that desperately needs a new quarterback, desperately needs and wants a win of some description. I mean, the pressure is huge on Joe Burrow, and... Um, you know, anything less than playoffs in the near future, I mean, I don't know what, you know, whether you can start labelling him a bust, but I don't, I'm not really like that, really. I, I wouldn't go that far. What's your thoughts on expectation for Joe Burrow?
2: Well, I think, the, the, like you said, the expectations have never been higher. Um, I think no one can even comprehend that he actually, you know, it might take a while for him to kick in. He might not be playing at his best until, you know, season two, three, four, you know. I think next year, with you know anything more than about five or six wins would be incredible um, for Joe Burrow, and you know to really get his grip on that starting spot and um, win the team over and be a captain. I think that's what you're looking for early. I, you know, I, next year, I, I, I think you know for, for Joe Burrow to be even as good as Andy Dalton, who's you know a seasoned NFL v- veteran. Very often, as we've said, the Meridian Line for quarterbacks if Joe Burrow in his rookie season was as good as a mid-round or a middle of the pack quarterback that'd be exceptional um, even like Kyler Murray the number one pick last year mm-hmm. you know had flashes but the Cardinals you know still weren't by any means the finished article so we've got to temper our expectations and give Joe time to learn the offense get to grip with the new coaches and the new players and like we said it's a big transition and whenever you bring a lot of new players in it does take time for it to gel together, so I think we have got to be as much as we're excited. We've got to be patient.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's a good, it's a good discussion to have, really. I think at some absolutely. point down the li- line, what constitutes a failure or a success when you're a first overall pick? You know, it's it's really difficult. Uh, Richard Dixon at Lord Rixendale. solid handle. There, there we go,
2: go Lord Rixendale.
1: Always rely on the Lord to come through. Uh, I liked our draft, but it was always going to be good after getting Burrow. I must confess, though, I'm just tweeting this so Mr P gets the chance to give us a solid handle. P.S. Great podcast over the weekend, lads.
2: There you go, mate. I really appreciate that. It's been a, a horrible barren patch for solid handles, and um, i remember this. Uh, who day, my son?
1: Uh, Jamie at Trekwart Beaster. So, does the influx of linebacking talent mean the end for
2: Jordan Vans? He's got fight on his hands, the geezer, has not he? I mean, that's got fight on his hands. That's what I was saying the other day. You've got to breed some competition at the position, and I think, you know, Logan Wilson and Akeem Davis Gaither are probably very likely to make the roster. But for Marcus Bailey, the seventh round pick, I mean, that's who Jordan Evans is going to be fighting with. If Marcus Bailey can stay healthy and show some of the potential he had when he was at Purdue, that's going to be a really interesting roster battle. So we'll see what happens.
1: Uh, and he wants to know who starts at linebacker now. He has it as Pratt and Wilson. I think uh, Bynes is going to be in there in the base defence, surely. Um,
2: yes, I think so, yeah. Uh,
1: and then who knows what uh, stuff they're going to line up. Um, it's exciting, though. It's gone from a, a bare cub- bear cupboard to a one stuffed full of things and excitement and stuff. Uh, or people, <laughs> players. Anyway, that <laughs> metaphor didn't work at all. Uh, Duncan Yeadon at Slam Dunk the Funk, what, solid handle. What a draft! I'm so effing hyped for this season. Mini natters were brill, and congrats on hitting 5k. Hope everyone is staying safe. And Duncan makes reference to the past that we. Well, we, we broke through the 5,000 follower barrier on Twitter. We've got a bit of a way to catch up to, I can't remember who it is, the, the Cowboys is on a 7,500, uh, so we're still number six uh, overall. Uh, but we've gone through the 5K barrier, which is brilliant.
2: Yeah, and I think you're going to see a lot more Bengals fans in the next two or three years. If we, you know, with Joe Burrow coming in and if the Bengals can be an exciting team, you you will see a new generation of Bengals fans, I think. Like we became, you know, I became a fan back in 2004 and I know a lot of other guys did in the UK. Uh, Bringing in a talent like Joe Burrow gets the franchise some more opportunities and some more uh, exposure. And I'm uh, sure we'll see... Um, a new influx of fans which might see that number climb
1: absolutely I think you're right actually Um, let's hope so because it's our ongoing mission to connect every Bengals fan in this country and if we've got a whole bunch of new fans then bring them on that's all I can say really looking forward to seeing more more money
2: for you son isn't it
1: well exactly I'm on a pay per fan deal on this I think so
2: $10 a fan every new follower we get $10 straight into your bank account
1: Uh, John Lucarotti at Living La Vida Luca
2: Solid handle.
1: Excellent. You love that one, eh?
2: Oh, that was a fantastic solid handle. That was
1: excellent work on the draft shows. They helped to soften the blow of my Vegas trip not going ahead. Enjoyed hearing about Paul's Snickers breakfast and Nathan's nocturnal poker habits. We'll sit out Cleveland next year and aim for Vegas in 2022. What pick will we have by then? I predict twenty six.
2: Well, that'd be something wouldn't it? I'd, I'd love a bit of that. And I, I feel bad if there's a few people. I know Martin Greer was going out to the draft in Vegas this year and a lot of people were, and I think that would have been an extraordinary experience, um, to see you know, see Joe Burrow be drafted in Vegas, you know, of all the, the fun and you know, various activities you can do in Vegas. So if anyone can make it out there for twenty twenty two and we're hopefully picking in the thirties, um, that would be extraordinary as well.
1: Yeah, I was thinking about John over the weekend. Actually, the last conversation I had at last year's meetup, up he, he said he was so excited about going to the draft the, this year. And uh, I did think of John, and I think uh, Martin Greer was also planning to go uh, as well. And obviously the whole situation has impacted uh, lots of people in lots of different ways. So um, there we go. Bring on 2021. Um, Michael Smith at solid underscore handle. Solid handle. I thought the Bengals had a great draft. The O line is a concern, but we'll just have to deal with that next off season. I taught my daughter to yell "Who Day" during the lockdown, which has uh, chuffed me to bits. Uh, which jersey are you planning on buying for
2: next season? Oh, it's a good question. That it's a good question. That um, I think you got to go borrow. But then it's, I was always told, never get a man's name on your back that's younger than you. <laughs> and, <laughs>
1: were you? Who told
2: you that? Someone told me, like, never get a player's name on your back that's younger than you. And I'm struggling now, being 30. So I'm going to have to be looking at some of the veterans. Um, mm. But I don't know. For me, it's got to be Burrow. He's got to be, isn't it? Number nine, Joe Burrow. Yeah. You know, he's going to be sticking around for a long time, you'd hope. Um, what were you going for, my son? Randy Bullock. I think (laughs) Uh, Sam
1: Anger at Sam underscore Anger again Sam's been brilliant part of our draft coverage uh, leading up to the draft and during the weekend so thank you Sam Afternoon boys Love the mini Natter shows O-line is somewhat concerning but I trust what we're going to do hopefully sorted this linebacker core out my shout out is to you boys on getting 5,000 well played Oh, and prepare for Davis Gaither making a name, and I think you know Sam's a huge fan of Akeem Davis Gaither, so uh, he's obviously really excited.
2: Uh, Rosie, some, just just quickly, there were some betting odds knocking about today on um, on Twitter, and it mm. had Akeem Davis Gaither outrageously like like seventh on the list for defensive rookie of the year at oh, wow. twenty to one, wow. which was extraordinary. I think Jay Morrison. Um, put it out there or shared the image that someone else posted and yeah extraordinary for him to be sort of you know listed yeah. in that top bracket like that
1: absolutely Rosie at Rosie underscore May 16 very happy with the draft with Jonah back and Adeniji added I think we'll have a decent line at the very least excited to see Higgins think he'll work great with Burrow and our other receivers addressed our linebacker needs not sure what to think of Kareem but what I've seen looks good. Absolutely, Rosie. Exciting times. Um, Ben Wintle at Shaba underscore Dabba. I told you we had lots of correspondences. Solid
2: handle. There we go. These are the solid handles up in missing. uh,
1: Bongiorno, gents. I really am not that worried about the offensive line as Jonah is coming back. We signed Sir Filo and Bobby Hart made improvements. This whole off-season has been so impressive, so Zach really does not have any excuses. Uh, and he asked whether we're going to be buying any borrowed jerseys and I'll be buying my Bullock's jerseys. Uh, uh, what game you predict the first borough to Higgins' touchdown is? Um, also, are we assuming the Pro Bowl bet back on? Uh, yeah, we'll we'll carry the Pro Bowl bet. We've still got to honour that bet, but obviously, thank, thank goodness for lockdown because... Uh, we're not going to be in the same room for at least six months, I think. Uh, or at least I'm going to make it that way, even when the lockdown closes. Um, first Burrow to Higgins touchdown. What do you reckon? I'm going to go game three, just out of the blue. I don't know.
2: Game nine, I'm going.
1: Oh, hello. Uh, thank you, Ben. Uh, Duncan Donuts
2: at Dastardly Duncan. Solid handle. It's it's
1: from famine to feast tonight on the solid handle. Front. absolutely
2: outrageous performance from all the solid handles out there.
1: All the big guns are back in town. And <laughs> thought we had a great draft, addressed almost every need and picked up some game changers. Yes, I know O line, but what team doesn't have a single at any position? If our only concern is that the O line needs to live at potential, I'd take it all day long. Weirdest thing. I also put out the question: What's the weirdest thing that's happened to you? in lockdown and Duncan says the weirdest thing in lockdown probably buying an Oculus VR headset so I can go on roller coasters from the comfort of my own home who day everyone legit excited for the new season whenever it happens
2: have
1: you, have you played around with this kind of virtual reality
2: no I've just been I've just been <clears> playing, <throat> playing FIFA on the PS4 like an animal I've never played computer games in the last 10 years on, like, the PlayStation or Xbox. Just a bit of Football Manager and, like, you know, various different games on the PC, like Fallout and stuff. But mm-hmm. I've got FIFA, I've got PS4, and I've been playing it for the last three or four months like an animal, my son. Um, that's what it's been passed in Keeping the time. Keeping it
1: strictly old school, not going for this virtual reality nonsense, you're a strict console sort of guy.
2: Mate, I'd love, it. I'd love to try out a bit of VR, though. I've never actually put one of the headsets yeah. on. Have you, had, have you had a go?
1: I've had a tickle on it, yeah, yeah.
2: Um, what you've been watching on it, you filthy animal.
1: Anyway, next question, uh, Ross at. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I think I went on a roller coastery thing as well, just some demonstration. It is pretty crazy, and I tell you what, I did do. I'm a big fan of Bjork, the uh, Icelandic pixie singer, and um, oh. and uh, they she did a virtual reality thing, where you go into this room and you put on this headset. There's about fifty other people uh, around you. And um, and it is extraordinary. There was all kinds of freaky videos going on, like 360 vision. You, every time you turn your head, like you're on a beach, and then you could swivel your head, and Bjork would appear, and uh, and kind of start singing at you. And there was a bit in it where it was actually quite intimate. She was like really like reaching out with her hands and like stroking your face, and you wanted to like reach out and hug her back and and stuff. And it was all a bit kind of. Um, Anyway, Ross at (laughs) Burrow to AJ. He's got a new handle, Burrow to AJ. Uh, Not Dalton to AJ. That's how fickle Ross is. Um, Give us a shout-out. New handle, P.S. I've not done anything weird during lockdown, but fun fact, I have watched every Bengals game from the 2012 season till now. Condensed version, obviously. Good new handle. uh, And he spelt Burrow in the kind of, you know... New Orleans Louisiana kind of Cajun-y way frenchy way Is that, that is, right. I don't, I don't know that what but uh i think that's it uh i think that's all we've got time for really we could go on all night but it's pretty evident that there's a lot of excitement out of there so uh it's great that you we're all interacting with each other and stoking the the flames of, of fun and excitement and positivity we can't wait for the season to start it's going to be a while there's a natural gap. I do believe that the virtual workout started today with the veterans. I'd love to be like on that Zoom conversation. That'd be a strange thing, but the work has already started for a couple of weeks and uh, we're going to be keeping going throughout the summer, I think. Normally we'd have a, a break, but uh, God knows what we're going to talk about. But we're going to keep it going because uh, obviously we're all in lockdown and uh it's fun to connect with each other and we'll still do the watch parties and we'll still do this and we still want you chatting away to us and us chatting to you. Uh so thank you so much for all the interactions. Um Son, are we
2: gonna seriously get through this podcast without you starting an outrageous rumour? It's been a yeah. it's been a while. Like we you know, it's been every other episode. You've been you've been stirring the pot with some juicy stories, but we're gonna get through today's episode with you. Um, with you in the, in the clear it seems
1: yeah no rumours from me I'm keeping it strictly real today I'm keeping it <laughs> oh, facts only no fake news or rumours or whatever um, Good lad. but yeah thank you for, for listening we'll be back next week and until then it's a big thank you to Carson Palmer never thought I'd actually say those words but thank you to Carson Palmer for joining us on the podcast I hope you enjoyed that interview so until next week it's a who day from me and a who day from me. Cheers, guys. And it should also be noted that the views and opinions expressed within this podcast do not reflect those of the Cincinnati Bengals organisation.